Welcome to Recovering Biblical Manhood. I'm your host, Paul Robbins. And I'm your co-host, Aaron McBride. And we will begin exploring the question, what is biblical manhood? War? What war? Am I a soldier? And how am I supposed to be equipped for this battle? Men, these and many other questions will be explored and answered in our quest as we look at biblical manhood from the Word of God. Rise up, man of God, and fulfill your role in the kingdom. Welcome to Recovering Biblical Manhood. This is your host, Aaron McBride. Uh, Paul is absent with us today. His wife just had surgery, and so we're praying for a speedy recovery for her. Um, But today we have a special guest with us. It's my friend Luther Thomason. He is the pastor of Bethany Baptist Church in Cannon, Georgia. And so we're glad to have you here with us today, Luther. And we're looking forward to interviewing you. Uh, But to start out, uh, I just want you to give your best dad joke. (laughs) Oh, best dad joke. Um, Man, I... I tell these all the time and I can't um <laughs> uh, hey son to go check and see if the refrigerator's running. Yes, sir, it is. Well you better go catch it before it <laughs> runs off. Uh, very good. So uh, I'm so excited about uh, having you um, interview with us and just uh, share some of your life uh, story uh, with us. Um, Luther and I served in the same community for uh, 10 years uh, as uh, youth pastors. Uh, just before I left to move to Nevada, uh, Luther had taken uh, the position as the lead pastor of Bethany Baptist Church. And so um, he shared his testimony with me um, before, and I just thought it would be a blessing to others and a real challenge uh, to what it means uh, of biblical manhood. So, uh, Luther, what um, did your household look like as you were growing up? Uh, You know, typical stuff that people say, I would say that I grew up in a Christian household. You know, my mom and my dad were both Christians. My mom was definitely... Uh, the spiritual leader of my home for for many years. My dad uh, was what I would call today we would call casual Christian. He was he was very casual. He was he was at church uh, a majority of the time, uh, but he also uh, was a travel ball coach, which is which is still something that plagues us down in the south. I don't know how it is out there with you guys, but uh, he was a travel ball coach, so. Uh, for for a long time in my house, uh, as long as long as ball wasn't going on, we would be in church. But during during season time, if we were doing well, we'd go into Sunday uh, to play. And and if we played on Sunday, well, that's just that's just what we did. Right. Um, so for the for the longest time, my mom, I think, was definitely our spiritual leader. Uh, so when I saw that you were doing this podcast, I was like, man, I uh, I need to be a part of that because I can still remember. Um, I can't remember at quite at what age, but I think I was probably 12 years old. Uh, we were in Rock Hill, South Carolina. They called it the firecracker 
tournament because uh, it was near July 4th kind of thing. Yeah. Um, we played on Friday night. We played on Saturday. Uh, we were killing it. You know, we were doing well. And uh, we were at the Comfort Inn in, in Rock Hill, South Carolina, going to go play uh, some games on Sunday, hopefully to win the championship. And I remember laying in the bed and my dad waking me up. It had to be four o'clock in the morning or something. And he was like, uh, uh, get your, get your clothes on. It's time to go home. And, um, I was, I was really confused, uh, because, you know, I thought there may have, must have been a dispute or something going on or some technicalities, uh, because I was asking him, why are we going home? We, we play at 10 a.m. He was like, I said, where are we going? He said, we're going home to go to church. Wow. And uh, and I was baffled. You know, I mean, church was a part of my life. I, I was I was saved at this time. Um, but it wasn't something that I thought we'd ever leave the ball field for. Um, but I remember getting in that car and driving from Rock Hill to Greenwood, South Carolina, where I'm from which is probably three and a half hours getting dressed and going to church. And I think from that day forth, I don't think we, we ever miss church. I remember going to many more ball tournaments. And if we were winning Saturday night, he'd, uh, he'd say, fellas, that's, that's pretty awesome. But uh, we, we head into the house, you know, wow. we, we never missed again. And, and I, I still, to this day, don't know what what happened to my dad. Well, I mean, I know it happened, but I don't know what brought it on because he didn't talk about it. Yeah. But but from then on, you know, I feel like the the Lord pressed upon his heart. He needed to, if he wanted me to be a godly man, he had to to not just tell me about it. He had to to show me. Sure. Um, I know this isn't necessarily in our notes, but how has that affected you? As a father today, I know we've had conversations in the past with you raising your own children, and uh, how has that affected your outlook um, on fatherhood? Well, I mean, it's, it's been very important to, to the conversations that I have with my two sons because, um, you know, I was big, uh, so I, I naturally I played football and I enjoyed basketball, um, but my sons are athletes and instead of having to have this moment where God impresses upon my heart that they need to stop playing on Sundays and get into church, it's been something that I've made important and communicated from a very early age that there's going to be worldly opportunities that you miss because we're going to be in God's house. Yeah. Um, that you're going to have to stand tall because you know, I have seen, I have two kids in, in my house and two kids out of my house. So I have seen where it has had to go from my faith that I want for my kids to their faith that they have to uphold on their own. Right. I've seen how important it is to, to show my boys. This is, this is how God wants us to operate. Is it always going to be the coolest thing? Is it always going to be what you consider the most fun? Probably not, but it's going to be the most beneficial for you for, you know, without cliche for an eternity. Yeah. Yeah. yeah maybe share um, one of the things that uh, went through one of your boys heart, I believe it was back in middle school a few years ago. 
And I know the games were usually on Wednesday nights. Uh, if you remember that conversation we had, if you want to share yeah. some of that that happened. You're going to have to remind me. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, uh, I think it was uh, you guys were talking about like um, your Wednesday night youth meeting and things like that. And your son was supposed to play for middle school. And uh, he said, man, I really think that church is important. And I believe he made the sacrifice to uh, come to church rather than go play football. Yeah. Well, the, and the thing was, is, is Aiden, he didn't get to start a whole lot in middle school. So uh, I think in this opportunity, I think it may have been a playoff game. Uh, and, you know, I didn't have to pull the dad card because I wanted him to be able to choose. And and I was very, very pleased that he's he said that I'm going to just, I'm going to bow out. And I'm going to come to church because he felt convicted yeah. by the Holy Spirit. It, it wasn't my conviction. It was, it was God's conviction. And that made me proud. And they've had to do that several times since then. Well, and, that, and that's so important. I think that as fathers, it's so important for us to be teaching our children that they've got to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. They've got to be the ones that uh, follow what God is telling them to do. Because as you say, we could take the dad card out and say, no, you're going to do this because I told you to, but there's no reward in that. There is great right. reward when we see our children choosing what is right on their own. And uh, it's just a beautiful thing. So um, Luther, tell us uh, how you came to know uh, the Lord as your savior. You know, the church that I was raised in, my dad literally put the pews in the church. Uh, my mom come from a, uh, a pretty rough household, again, the alcoholic father, an absentee mother. Uh, so she she relied on the church. Um, my dad, again, he he was he was at church as long as ball wasn't going on. So I was I knew what church was all about and I knew what was supposed to go on. Uh, but I, I was seven years old and I remember asking my mom. And again, I think this is going to be something that, that we're able to talk about, probably something you're going to be talking about for time after time after time in this podcast is, you know, it was more of my mom's leading to say, Hey, I think you, you know, I think you're ready, you know, and, and, and again, maybe this happened when you're a child and when I was a child, you know, I try to, I try to put it, put it in the parents court more than the preacher's court. But at mm -hmm. that time, you know, it was, you know, if you're really going to get saved, you need to go talk to the preacher. You know, but but I felt like I, I felt like I invited Jesus into my heart at home. But right. but my mom and dad drove me to see uh, Jack Mullinax. He was my preacher, and um, and he he talked to me. You know, basically gave me the Romans Road. Yeah. You know, and 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 um, and I understood it as best I could at seven, and and gave my heart and life to Jesus. Amen. You know. Um, since then, I've, I've rededicated my life, you know, not not because that wasn't a, a true a salvation experience. But now that I'm more aware of God's love and my need for his salvation yeah. since then, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, How was your dad when you went into the ministry? It, it's kind of crazy how that was because my mom died when I was 19. Wow. And um and so it was just me and my dad. And then he died when I was 24. Uh, so my first time going into, into ministry, uh, 
Well, my mom was all for it from the time I was 17. She she knew. Um, and that's one thing I wish, you know, one of these things I don't understand, you know, she never got to see me, I guess, participate in, in ministry uh, and leadership. Um, but she always knew that that's what God wanted me to do. Uh, but my dad, he was more, I think, of how I am now today. He was more practical and realistic and He's like, son, I just hope you know what you're doing. You know, he was, he was, he was very supportive, but he was very real. And, and he would say, you know, church people can be difficult, son. And and I know that because I am one. You know, he, yeah. he would say things like that. And yeah, it's like, you know, just think about dealing with your dad times 100, you know. <laughs> and uh, and I was like, oh, I don't know if I could ever do this. But he he was very supportive and he he was proud. He was proud that. You know, and I, I reminded him of, of the story and um, he doesn't remember it exactly like I do. You know, he remembers when, you know, he began to, to feel God leading him. You know, he didn't do it for me. He did it for him. And I was just a byproduct of, of his faithfulness to God or, you know, his turning back to the Lord. Yeah. Uh, so he doesn't remember doing this for his son, but, but I, I reminded him of his impact. But when I was talking about going to the ministry, he was, you could tell he was proud. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, lead into us, you know, you, you said that your dad passed, uh, when you were 24 years old, what, what happened there? What, uh, were you still in school? Were you, uh, what was going on in your life at that? At that, time? I was actually uh, I had I was living in Hartwell, Georgia. He was still in Greenwood. I had moved over here to to build Walmart. Uh, I was uh, in management at Walmart, uh, going to be preparing to go into the ministry. That's you know I didn't know what that was going to look like. Right. Um, but it was a couple of days after his 60th birthday, he had a heart attack and passed away. Um, so, uh, that, that has, uh, well, it still impacts me today because I still want to make him, him proud, you know? Right. Right. Do you feel like when your dad passed, I'm sure, how did that affect you as a man? I mean, that's a, that's a big void, um, that's missing from your life. Yeah. My dad, you know. And I feel like this way with my sons, you know, I've told them that I want to be their best friend soon, you know, but right now I'm, I'm their protector and their provider. I I am their uh, person that guides them and not always going to be their friend. And, and I believe that I had had the opportunity to, to graduate, to, to be my dad's friend, um, to where he didn't have to oversee everything I did, but he was definitely a a mentor. You know, me being, uh, I was married for three years. I had a, a child and, you know, there would be many a days that my wife's acting crazy. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> you know, and, and, or, Hey, I don't know. You know, I got bills due. I got this, you know, uh, he was always there for me just to, to, to help me. So, uh, him dying when I was so young, I felt like there was so much more left on the table yeah. that I didn't get to experience with him that that other people may have with their dads. And, and there for a little bit, 
you know, again, my mom died at 19. I don't think I properly grieved over that because I was in college and I had so many things going on. And so when my dad died, you know, I was, it was just me and my sister. You know, I just have one sibling. Yeah. Don't really have a whole lot of aunts and uncles. I, I felt kind of orphaned by God. And so I struggled with that for a little bit to, to figure out, to try to figure out God. Okay. You know, I know you say, or people say hard less or lessons are learned through hardship, but you know, I, I can't understand the lesson. I don't know what I'm supposed to be learning. Um, but I do feel like that my dad, by the guidance of the Holy Spirit, uh, molded me into the man. You know, he was almost like uh, he helped build me up. You know, he, he built the race car and all I had to do is put it on the track, you know, and I guess I wanted him to see me put it on the track and race. Yeah. You know, but but his job was to help just build it because I still owe a lot to him today. Matter of fact, he's he's in a lot of my sermon illustrations still, you know, of the things he said. And, you know, so let's just talk practically, um, you know, being in ministry. um, That's a large part of who you are, you know. Right. How how did you see that affect your life losing both mom and dad early into well training for ministry and then working towards ministry how have you seen that affect you as a preacher as a person who's ministering to others i've i've helped a lot of people grieve through loss and and i hate when people say you know i know what you're going through because we all go through it differently. I've seen in just me and my sister that we, we deal with grief differently, uh, but just experience that loss at a young age or just loss period. I've been able to empathize with people and, and be able to hold their hand through some of the most difficult moments of life. And in our church, before we dismiss, we sing the family of God. Mm-hmm. And I truly, I truly feel like I can, understand not more than you but i i do have a a higher sense of family the family of god because that's that's all i've had yeah you know um yeah. because this is one thing true about the the bethany is when my mom died i was in greenwood i had lots of people you know that's where i was raised so there were, there were lots of people there but when i when my dad died you know, I was basically a visitor back in my own town and, you know, my sister had a bunch of people come and, but I didn't have people come to support me there, you know, cause they had grown up and gone on, but, but two van loads of people drove all the way from Hartwell to Greenwood to come see me to mourn with me. Yeah. Um, and, and they didn't even know my dad wow. and that really solidified what the family of God is supposed to be. And I've, I've never forgot that. And that's, that's been 19 years ago. Wow. That's amazing. So uh, we'll kind of end with this last question. um, And then we'll kind of go in a a new direction when we come back for the second uh, part of the interview. But um, knowing that both your mom and dad passed away early in your ministry and in your training, um, how have you filled the void uh, of where your dad should be, uh, with other people, with other men, um, 
and not just necessarily men, even though we're talking about biblical manhood, I know God right. uses ladies in our lives as well. Right. I, I have where many others may not have to seek relationships outside of their home or their family. Uh, I have, and there have been several men in my time here in Georgia that, you know, I have latched on to, uh, to, to help with that, um, in, in different roles, you know, just, right. uh, mentorship with, with finances, you know, I, there's a couple of guys I know that if there's ever some things I need to, to figure out as far as, what should I be doing with my money? Should I be doing this? You know, normally I would have went to my dad for that. Right. You know, uh, I found some guys and there's some guys that, you know, are those grill out guys, you know, that would, would hang with me like my dad as a friend. And, right. and there's a couple of guys that when I have some spiritual struggles, you know, that I would normally talk to my dad about, you know, I'd go to them and, and there's some things that, you know, and, and you probably know this as a pastor, you, you can't, you can't tell your church people everything, right? you know, um, because not because you have to be dishonest, because, you know, there's a vested interest they have in you being their leader. Um, so God has provided some men, you for a season. And even now, you know, uh, men that are around me that have, uh, have been able to step in those roles when I've struggled with, you know, direction as far yeah. as with my church or how I've, I've tried to live spiritually. Uh, God has placed men outside of my church that are in my community, uh, in my life to, to fill those voids. So my dad should feel pretty special as taking many men to, to fill the spot that, that he held, but, but God provides, yeah, God provides. Absolutely. And then maybe one last uh, question, um, just to kind of uh, finish up this uh, side of things. How important is it for men to surround themselves with other godly men uh, when it comes to living the Christian life? Oh, man, it's, I tell my kids, and, and I, I, I live it as an adult, you you end up being who you hang around, mm. you know, and so I think it's very important that you're you're gonna you're gonna drift towards those that are around you that you get influence, mm -hmm. and so I have strived to surround myself with godly men because well, there's no drifting towards God. I, that may have been. A bad terminology, but but it's very important. It's very important um, that you are who you're around. You know, and we can't help it. We we that's that we we do that by nature. So I think it's very important to surround yourself with godly men. I mean, just like Paul told Timothy, you know, find godly men and put yeah. them in leadership. Yeah, you know, surround yourself with men who have the the same principles and and desires and, and desire for God cling to them. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think one of the issues with uh, biblical manhood and, and why we're seeing these problems in our churches is we tend to think as men that we can do everything on our own. And the reality is we can't. Um, God gives us 
special friends. Um, one of the things I loved about our community there when I lived in Hart County was the monthly meetings with youth pastors as we get together and have lunch together and just talk about what God was doing in our churches and in our community and in our families. It was beautiful. It was wonderful. We didn't always see eye to eye on everything, but there was just a beautiful part of that that encouraged us in our ministries. And I think that as men, we have got to build friendships with others. And a lot of times that's hard for us because we're like, well, if that man doesn't like sports, how am I going to get along (laughs) with him? You That's know. right. And Hart County was hunting. You know, everybody wanted to go hunting. And uh, right. I got into it um, a little bit as I was there. And I enjoyed it. And I enjoyed talking about uh, going out on our property and hunting. And it, I, I enjoyed sharing that with others. But the reality is, even if maybe we don't have the same hobbies, we don't have the same interest in sports or sports teams, if we are men who love God, in desire to have biblical manhood, we have Christ in common. And that's where we should be able to connect with other men above everything else. That's right. Do do I have time to say one thing? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's amazing that you say that because uh, you you never know how Christ unifies people of, of different hobbies or fronts or whatever we our family just went to Florida this couple of weeks ago for fall break. And uh, we went out to this common area where everybody was and, and there's grills out there. Me and my sons were going to grill. And there was another man out there and he had an Ohio state hat on, you know, so he must've been from up North. And, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm a South Carolina guy. And, and so I, I said, Hey, how you doing? Da, da, da. Cause it was just awkward. And then uh, I was like, how'd you get here? Anyway, we made small talk for a moment. And he was yeah. like, man, I love talking about two things, uh, college football and Jesus. Oh, yes. And I said, well, I, I know we probably won't agree on college football, so let's just talk about Jesus. Amen. And, man, it it ended up taking an awkward silence and made it – we had church for about 20 minutes while we both <laughs> grilled our, our meat. That's awesome. And it, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. So we're going to go ahead and stop here and uh, we're going to pick up some other questions in the second part of our interview. Uh, Thank you listeners for listening. Uh, You can always find us on Recovering Biblical Manhood, both on Facebook and Instagram. If you have any suggestions or questions or comments that you would like to send, you can email us at recoveringbiblicalmanhood at gmail.com. Is there any um, form of social media where they can connect with you, Luther? uh instagram preacher man lt okay uh, you can find me there that's good awesome awesome well we'll look forward to uh having a second interview with you uh very shortly